It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard on VSEN. Welcome back in, everybody. It's hour number two of the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. I'm Ben Wilson from downtown Las Vegas at our Circus Sportsbook Studios. Great to be back with Josh Applebaum, host of VEASAN Morning Daily Bets. He's pulling double duty today, once again, <laughs> from the East Coast in Boston. Uh, Josh, you you used the verb hazmaty in the first hour, so yeah. uh, I don't know if that's a real <laughs> a real word, but you know it's a good show, and Josh is uh, is making up words that uh, that are they're a way for him to make his bets. So very, very nicely done there, Josh, in hour number one. <laughs> I appreciate it, Ben. And nothing will top bigly. That's my ultimate like uh, team that. comes up for you bigly, but you know, big league, bigly. We had a president who kind of mixed them up and kind of made that famous, but that's my ultimate favorite. But yeah, hazmat. I'll be honest. I've never said that before, Ben. It was always a hazmat play, but again, you the competitive juices flowing. Creativity's going hazmaty. Let the hashtag hazmaty. Let's make wow. that a thing. You got me thinking of uh Frank Hanratty, the, the FBI guy in the, uh, Oh yeah. In the, uh, in the Leo movie. Yep. movie. Yes. Yeah. Which I know our producer, Brian Ortega, who, uh, you know, as an Academy Award <laughs> odds uh, aficionado, we'll, we'll really appreciate. So uh, thanks to thanks to Brian, our producer behind the glass, Andrew Ingold, our technical director, by the way. So we shout out all of our crew here behind the glass at Circa, Mikhail Miranda on uh, on audio, Sergio Sanchez running graphics, uh, Rob Moreto, Troy Kinch, uh, Miles Gwynn, all here, Andre Pariso as well, all helping out. Uh, some interesting movement, not a, not not large by any means, Josh, but there's a couple players in the NFL draft who are starting to get some buzz ahead of the combine, which is now very much uh, in the in the short-term future here while we're focusing on the 
Well, the franchise tag window now opening. Uh, but I did see that if, if you look at the odds, Bryce Young has moved to a minus 210 favorite to be the first quarterback selected. Now up to minus 160 to go first overall uh, as the Alabama prospect continues to get a lot of buzz as far as comparisons between he and C.J. Stroud. The early, the early reports coming out of a lot of the NFL camps are that they do prefer Young, at least at this point. And the Chicago Bears continue to be viewed as a team likely to trade down and not hold on to that number one pick. Yeah, you're exactly right, Ben. So just from you and I doing a show last week to now, again, we've seen some movement here. And what are we, what's the countdown, Ben? 70 days away, 68 days away, something like that here uh, for the draft. And we had a, a great guy come on last week uh, who was talking to us about how if you look at the odds pre-combine and post-combine, you can see a big shift here because that's when you get everybody together in one place. Yeah, Russell Brown, who did a great job, I want to give him the credit he deserves. But uh, he made a, a good point here where pre-combine, post-combine, you know, you go into it with different com- uh, preconceived notions and views on players then things change when everyone's together in one place and you see them up close and you know they're tight spandex ben and you're running off you know a 4 40 or you know you have some impressive uh, metrics here with the three cone drill that you can see shifts in the market now we're a ways from that i guess it, it, is, it is coming up here but it hasn't happened yet but just to me what i like to do is a couple things ben i'm a loser that wakes up every day uh, and Google's NFL draft and just give me all the updated mock drafts. I can't get enough of it. Uh, even kind of the ones that make no sense. I just like seeing click Beatty, you know who they have going number one. Right. So I like checking those out They're They're kind of fun. You take them with a grain of salt. You don't bet based only because of them, uh, but checking the, the mocks. And then of course, Checking the odds every day. Has there been any movement? And this, and you hit the nail on the head, Ben. This has been the biggest mover. If you look at Bryce Young here uh, for the number one uh, overall pick, we're showing minus 120 here, bet MGM. But DraftKings must have taken in some more money on Young than other books because they're up to minus 160 now. And when you and I were doing the show last week, Young was minus 130. So he's moved 30 cents in his favor to go first overall. But you and I were talking about the fact that, hey, this is a little tricky here. What are the Bears going to do? They theoretically have their guy, Justin Fields. So you don't need another quarterback. You have so many other holes that you have to fill. So if they keep that pick, do they go defensive guy? If they drop down, can they get Bryce Young anyway? And then also, you know, compile more picks for the future. But whole point being, if you wanted to protect yourself, you could look at Bryce Young just being the first QB selected. So uh, he was minus 175 first QB selected last week when we did a show together. Now he's minus 210. So again, there can be smoke screens. Sometimes you see this happen with the odds makers in the books, like Twitter reports can move numbers. And again, how much is a Twitter report worth or, or not worth? You can kind of debate that. But I think the whole point being, you know, it looks like Bryce Young. There are questions again about his his frame and if he's, you know, uh, you know, thick enough and and durable enough to go to the NFL. Now, obviously, Kyler Murray, you know, similar stature player. Maybe he's a little more like like a fire hydrant kind of guy. He's a little thicker, but he's still kind of shorter, smaller. Again, Murray d- didn't stop him going number one. To me, I still like Bryce Young. I bet him a little bit earlier here to go uh, first overall pick, um, or sorry, first quarterback selected. So I'm I'm really hoping that this movement is indicative of the love. Uh, that hopefully Young will get when we actually have the the day there of the draft. Right, and we are now down to 65 days, Josh. 65 days to the. I NFL knew I knew draft. you'd give me the exact you, number. Good I, job. I'm, yeah, it's, of course, it's the first thing I look at, at my phone every single day. How many days to the <laughs> NFL draft? We're also seven <laughs> days from the combine. Combine starts a week from today, so we're getting very very close to when you're likely to see a lot of big shifts in the odds board. The same advice that we gave out last week, it still applies today. Don't go crazy on the betting pre-combine since a lot of things will happen. I, I noticed the one interesting thing from the just the tea leaves perspective around the NFL that's not Im- impacting anything on the draft odds yet because you can't yet bet on defensive player order or over-under on position taken in the draft. But it's an edge rusher not named Will Anderson who's actually starting to get some buzz around league circles in Tyree Wilson, who is the Texas Tech really versatile edge rusher who has very good size and speed. 
Some mocks now showing him going as a top five pick as high as number three to Arizona, potentially over Will Anderson. I find myself laughing at that as it's, we see this every <laughs> single year where the scouts fall in love with these numbers guys over pure dominant players like a Will Anderson, who we watched all season look like one of the best, if not the best defensive players in all of college football appears like we're, uh, we're falling down that, uh, down that uh, trap. Once again, not, not necessarily a trap, but the scouts are apparently falling in love with Tyree Wilson there, Josh out of Texas tech. And again, I love this too, because is it genuine? Is it a smoke screen? Do you really like someone else and you want to play up the love for another player? So you can kind of buy low on them. I know the Patriots were notorious for like when you have, I think you can bring in like 30 visits for every player in the, before the draft. And they'd always bring in guys that they never would draft. And if you really liked them, you wouldn't bring them in for a visit because you don't want to let other teams know that you're onto the guy. So again, but to your point, I'm looking at these drafts and that guy, Wilson, he's up there. I think I've seen a lot of them go, I believe five to the Seahawks, uh, which makes some sense here. If you're going to replenish kind of, uh, uh, get back to maybe your roots of being Legion of Doom and or Legion of Boom and kind of that the, the, uh, kind of defensive uh, led team there. So that makes sense. So again, keep an eye on these guys. The other thing I would look at, Ben, is like, you know, you can get these markets. You don't have them yet. To your point, you know, first edge rusher off the board, first offensive lineman. I'm looking at that guy Skaronsky from uh, from Northwestern here. So these are the little things you want to keep uh, t- keep tabs on. Uh, the other thing, Ben, that I would uh, kind of look toward is the wide receiver market. We hit on this a little bit last week, but not much movement. Quentin Johnson, you know, is still, uh, I think he's plus uh, plus 160 here, but he's kind of bunched up with three guys. Uh, Jordan Addison has taken a bit of a, a move here. So if you're looking, again, for kind of the buzzworthy names that are getting thrown around a lot and in a lot of mock drafts, Jordan Addison is now plus 275. When we did a show last week, Jackson Smith and Jeeba was actually favored over Jordan Addison. So Jordan Addison is now the shifty guy from USC. I think he was at Pitt prior to that. Uh, Blitnikoff winner. Again, this is kind of the new age, uh, you know, kind of slot guy who's quick and can make moves. Could be one of your best receivers here. Now, I like Quentin Johnson based on Mm -hmm. the the length and his 6'4 frame. But this guy, Addison, he's making a move here uh, up the board. So keep an eye on Addison as maybe a guy that could surprise people and maybe leapfrog and be the first wide receiver off the board. Wouldn't surprise me. I've seen plenty of mocks that have Addison as the first wide receiver selected. He's now at plus 275. Smith and the Jigba has has dropped a little bit on the odds board now to three to one. I have to admit it. It looks like based on the numbers (laughs) and the reports, it's going to be really hard to handicap that number one wide receiver selected. The amount of wide receivers first round, though, is going to be really interesting because in the past week there has been – some more buzz coming out about some of the other the other guys who could potentially be late first-round picks. Whenever we see those odds put up of how many wide receivers will be taken in the first round, last year it got steamed to the over as we ended up with seven wide receivers taken in the first round, op- opening five and a half. The early reports are that we might only have three, but the two names to really keep an eye on, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, uh, and, and then in addition to that, you have Zay Flowers out of Boston College, who are each the fourth and fifth on the odds board to go first. They're not going to be taken first overall, but there've been some reports coming out, Josh, that there are teams that really, really like both of those guys enough to potentially get laid into the first round. And that's a very interesting number to see how that will shift. You'll likely see that positional over under open right after the combine. Watch those guys at the combine, because depending on how they perform there, Josh, you could easily see their stocks rise. And if say we open three and a half on that wide receiver number of selections in the first round, that's another situation where it could continue to get bet up. Yeah, great point by you, Ben. Hyatt's a guy from Tennessee who's been kind of climbing up the boards. And then Zay Flowers, 
for my neck of the woods, Boston College, actually the Patriots coaching staff was at the, uh, I think the uh, the East-West Bowl, Shrine Bowl, and Zay Flowers was a guy that they were coaching, and there's some connections, obviously, in the New England area. So again, this is, to me, kind of an interesting thing, because you can bet, like, specific players, like over-unders and positions, and first off the board, but then, to me, that market you mentioned is the over-under, uh, just amount of guys per position, because you made a great point last year, six and a half, I think, didn't it open, like, five and a half? I just remember there was massive steam of, like, yeah. at one point, I, it was, no, like, I got maybe, it at five and a half. I got it at five and yeah. a half. I mean, I laid like minus 170, but I at least got it at five and a half. And it's, uh, that was a lock pretty much. No, and a great point by you, Ben, because again, you'll see, it's almost like an opening line. Like when I'm looking at, like, before I go to bed, I'll look, I'll write the newsletter. I'll look at the opening numbers for college hoops. And it's like, what's the immediate move? A game opens out of pick them. Does it go minus one to the, the home team or the way team, the dog, whatever. To me, when you're looking at these markets here with the over under, What's the immediate move? Where do they place the juice first and where does the juice rise? Because to your point, Ben, you paid minus 170, but you beat the closing line pretty good. It got all the way up, you know, to a full, uh, you know, extra, extra player. They're all the way to six and a half. So if it's three and a half, can one of the, one of these guys sneak in, could be uh, worth hitting that uh, pretty early here. And then also, uh, I think we mentioned this last week, Ben, but looking at the number of quarterbacks in the first round, uh, there's not a ton, but if there's a three and a half opener, I'd be looking to take the over, you know, we're looking at young Stroud, Levis, again, different uh, kind of takes on that guy, almost like a Jimmy G. Some think he's great, some think he's he's not, but you're expecting those three. And then a guy that I'm kind of high on that, again, is rising up the boards as well, is Anthony Richardson from Florida, who's big, almost like a Cam Newton with a better arm, can run, can throw. If he can get into the first round and they can throw up a three and a half that isn't juiced up that much to the over, I'd be looking at that over here for uh, four QBs or more. Right. I'll be fascinated to see what the what the book books do with that because Richardson, pretty much every mock is a top. 15 guy. I've seen a couple that have him slipping more into the 18 to 20 range, but will books even let, are they even going to let you do that? Because it, it really <laughs> seems like it's either going to be three or four yet. I'd be, I'm with you. I'd be, I'd be pretty stunned if Richardson does not go in the first round with the speed and upside he provides as a dual threat quarterback coming out of Florida. After that, there's a pretty sizable drop off to Tanner McKee out of Stanford. Who's next on the odds board. If we get a three and a half, you'll want to jump on that over pretty quickly is, is what I'm saying for the quarterback. We're going over, baby. Apple bombs. Yeah. He's got the thumbs up on that one. All right, good discussion on the NFL draft. When we come back, time for us to dive deep into the college basketball. Josh has four games he's targeting today. We'll start our Tuesday night handicap next. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. 
Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VEASAN experts have got you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That is VSIN.com slash subscribe back with josh applebaum in for mike pritchard today i'm ben wilson from las vegas a big thanks to the whole crew as well helping out behind the scenes here at circa time to get into a loaded college basketball card for tuesday josh we're well inside a month now to selection sunday just over a couple weeks till the first ncaa conference tournaments begin with the smaller conferences week one we go to the larger conference tournaments in week two best game on the board tonight if you look at just the raw matchup 
It's in the SEC where Tennessee goes to College Station taking on Texas A&M. Josh, looking at the market opens, A&M minus one and a half. Looks like we're starting to get some movement, though, towards the Aggies at home. You're exactly right, Ben. Will Hill steam. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. I love this here. And uh, to me, this is kind of uh, one of these plays where when I'm looking at the board, Ben, I'm looking at the overnight line, the early move. And does that stay consistent throughout the day? Then there are games where, you know, you go to bed, you wake up, really nothing's happened. 10 a.m., you know, 11 a.m. We're up to, you know, you know, one o'clock now at this point, not much happens. And then that kind of some weird moment in the afternoon, you start to see some steam take, uh, take place. So that's what I'm calling kind of this one here, a late evolving play. And I'm with Hill on this with Will Hill on this one, Ben, I'm gonna look to money line, Texas A&M. It's really not a bad number here. And you're what, like minus 125, something like that. But a couple reasons to like A&M just from a kind of a fishy standpoint here, you have Texas A&M who's ranked 25. Tennessee's ranked number 11. So why? And again, this is a very simple thing. It's not going to win every single time. But why is number 25 favored over number 11? Of course, you do have to, you know, make adjustments to the number based on home court advantage. And maybe that's one thing that you've seen this year in college hoops is that home court. It feels like it's more meaningful than ever, Ben. I have a lot of these systems looking at, you know, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. The home favorites are winning like 75, 80 percent of the time. So, of course, when you're a college kid and going to a really difficult environment, it's a really difficult thing for you to go out. Uh, to go to a new place and win. Whereas if you're at home, you're really kind of in a perfect spot with the crowd behind you. So just from a data standpoint angle, it's fishy why A&M is favored. Yet we're seeing the line movement here as well in favor of A&M. You mentioned it, Ben. Open down close to a pick a one, a one and a half. Now we're starting to see it get steamed up here to minus two. Uh, using our VEASAN.com bet splits, could you get pretty good angle here? Almost like a mini fade the trendy dog. Uh, you're getting 55% of bets on Tennessee. Yet the line's going to the 45% side with Texas A&M. Uh, and A&M, talking about home court, Ben, 13-1 and one on their home court. I think they've won four or five straight. Tennessee's been kind of up and down here recently. Had a big win the other night against Alabama, but kind of uh, has been a little Jekyll and Hyde here recently. And then to the point of the SEC home favorites, they're 48-16 and 16 straight up 75%. So, again, if this was kind of staying where it's at, it was a pick em type game. Maybe it's a game that I wouldn't be playing tonight, but I love the fact that we're getting later in the afternoon. The line continues to go here to A&M. Going to minus two is big for me, Ben. I'm looking at A&M on the money line tonight. And Tennessee losing at Kentucky, trying to follow up that Alabama win from earlier last week. Lost four of their last six now for Tennessee. I wonder, too, as much as Tennessee is a great defensive team, number one in the overall Ken Pomeroy defensive efficiency metrics, I don't look at this as being a great matchup for them because where Tennessee is elite defensively, it's in closing out on the three-point line. They're one of the best three-point defensive teams in the country, but they have been a bit susceptible to teams that crash the glass. They're all not all that great in preventing opposing offensive rebounds. They're outside the top 100 there. Texas A&M, not a team that takes a ton of threes. They struggled in that regard, but they are seventh in offensive rebound percentage and also third in free throw attempts per field goal attempts as well. So it's a team that gets to the line a lot. They do a really good job of crashing the glass, getting those interior shots. As Kentucky proved last weekend, that can be a way to get past Tennessee. So it, it's one of those things you don't necessarily look at Tennessee and say, okay, best defense in the country, you can't score on them. Well, you can. It just depends on how your offense is set up. And I look at an A&M team that's 14-2 and two their last 16 as a team that can project pretty well to break down Tennessee defensively. No, I totally agree with you, Ben. I think if you're breaking down these games, to me, like on the one hand, a lot of these metrics are baked into the line, baked into the cake. So I think a lot of times if you're a new better and you look at something like, oh, this team is you know, killing it on the offensive glass. 
Uh, their opponent gives up a ton of offensive rebounds. Boom, that's a big edge that I figured out and no one else knows, and that's going to be my key to winning this bet. But, to, again, the oddsmakers know these things. It's baked into their power ratings and how they set their number. But to your point, if you're kind of building a case of uh, not to just back up the data, so to me the data is the fact that you have majority Tennessee, yet lines going to A&M. That's kind of just the basic uh, edge for me on A&M here tonight. But to your point, when you start to layer in, hey, this team shoots it very well. I'm looking at the field goal percentage, 45% versus 43%. And then, again, I bet on and against AM quite a bit this year. Uh, and one thing you mentioned, which you hit, hit the nail on the head, Ben, is that they get to the line quite a bit and they make their foul shots. So, knock on wood, I hope they make them tonight because I'm, I'm money lining them. But to your point, Ben, again, these stats are baked in, but these are the things you want to at least know about going into your bet and really looking for mismatches. Yeah, no question. That one of the two market games of the night. The other is, shocker, Josh, in the Big 12, the best <laughs> conference top to bottom in college basketball this year where uh, where Baylor is now on the road they go to Bramlage Coliseum in Manhattan Kansas never an easy place to play uh, K-State with first-year head coach Jerome Tang has been that surprise team in the conference beat Iowa State at home over the weekend uh, while it's been a little squirrely for Baylor you know they had that great stretch had won four straight had a big lead at Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas over the weekend it all fell apart from there and they end up getting blown out by the Jayhawks uh, looking at the market right now as we update, as I update my odd screen, seeing a lot of movement so far as Baylor did open a short one-point favorite and have gotten a lot of market support despite that second-half struggle over the weekend. Yeah, so I kind of like to buy low on them, and your good point by you, Ben, looking at teams that, again, if the previous game you lost or you're a favorite and you lose outright or you didn't cover or you didn't look, you didn't look you know, the way you typically do, then the public's going to remember that. It's almost like the NFL betting mentality from the public, Ben, where, again, whatever you saw last week, you're going to kind of ride that the next week. But, again, it, that may not always tell the whole story. So just from a value standpoint, buying low on the teams that don't play well and selling high on the teams that do is just kind of a basic way to look for some value. So I'm with you. I'm going Baylor in this one, Ben. Uh, I don't love the fact that it did tick down a little bit like to your point Baylor opened around a one point favorite on the road they got up to minus two a lot of those twos have gotten down to one and a half here so it looks like maybe just K-State plus two was kind of the high water mark where some pros said hey this thing is as high as it'll get we are getting a home team here we have seen home court do great in pretty much every conference let's take the two with K-State but I'm going to stick with Baylor in this spot Ben a couple reasons why just the line movement in their favor despite the buyback it's still trending toward Baylor in this spot it's a buy low after a bad loss and then you also look at some of these betting percentages Baylor's only getting 57% of bets using our vcin.com bet splits. So they're not getting like 70, 80, 90%. It's not a big public play as you might assume, but they are getting 74% of the dollars. So just from an angle of comparing bets to dollars, what I'm trying to ideally look for is less than half the tickets, more than half the money. Now you're slightly more than half the tickets here, but it's not massive and you are getting at least almost, you know, 20% more dollars than bets. So I'd be looking at Baylor in this spot, Ben uh, road favorites in the big 12 are 68% straight up. Two ranked teams going head-to-head -head take the favorite. Favorites are 57% ATS. And here's another angle, revenge spot. Remember, January 7th, you actually had Baylor lose 97-95 as a seven-point favorite against K-State. So that's another angle here, that revenge spot to maybe put in your back pocket. And uh, so, also, you know, put it all together here. I'm going to take Baylor on the money line. And you can't help but wonder, too, on, on the Kansas State side. Who, that was one of three overtime wins to start Big 12 play for K-State. <laughs> Look, have overachieved so much. Jerome Tang has done a tremendous job as a first-year head coach. You just wonder, though, is a team like that starting to run out of steam a little bit as we get into the dog days of conference play and you start to look ahead towards March? Have lost four of six. Baylor in a bounce-back spot potentially after the way they lost the game to Kansas over the weekend. So keep that in mind going forward. The other game we'll get your thoughts on here, Josh, you have a play on. It's Indiana at Michigan State. Expected to be a very emotional night in East Lansing. It's the first home game there at the Breslin Center since the awful shooting on campus of Michigan State. Students are now back in class. They went back 
uh, yesterday there in East Lansing. So a lot of emotions at play, and uh, two very good Big Ten teams will go at it here with Michigan State laying three pretty much market-wide against Indiana. Yeah, so obviously this is going to be just an incredible thing that's bigger than sports here, and obviously it's terrible to uh, see these young kids lose their lives in such a senseless tragedy here. The community is rallying around them, and I think just from the standpoint of, you know, sometimes you'll see these things like after DeMar Hamlin, just bet the Bills because you want to have them win for Hamlin, or, you know, tonight, bet Michigan State because uh, they're trying to, you know, kind of bring the community back together after a awful, tragic thing that happened. I don't think you want to bet that way just from a, a pure, uh, you know, analytic standpoint. You don't want to let your bias get into play, but if your bias kind of lines up with the market, Ben, then I'm okay with that. So uh, Michigan State here tonight looks really, really sharp to me. This would be another unranked home fave versus ranked opponent system match, which are 29 and 13 ATS, 69%. And it kind of doesn't make any sense because Indiana, they're the better team, Ben. They're 19 and 8. They're number 17 in the country. Michigan State is just 16 and 10. They're unranked. But yet Michigan State opened as low as minus two. They're up to two and a half. They're up to three. I think they even got to three and a half at some books here. So why is the line going to Michigan State? Uh, despite the fact that they're unranked and Indiana is the better team. Uh, public's pretty much split 50-50. Maybe there is some uh, kind of just, you know, sentimentality here to want to see Michigan State do well tonight. Uh, but you are getting a pretty good, another revenge angle here. They lost 82-69 to Indiana back on January 22nd, and Sparty is 10-2 at home. So I'll be pulling for Michigan State just from a, you know, a, a kind of a human being level, Ben, but also the line's going in their favor. It's my favorite mm -hmm. system match. It's a little higher on the money line, but I'm going money line uh, Sparty tonight. Okay, and not a game I would, would play, but it is a classic offense-defense matchup where you have Michigan State, the slower-tempo, defensive-minded team under head coach Tom Izzo. Top 15 in defensive three-point shooting. Indiana under head coach Mike Woodson has been much more up-tempo. Top 14 in the country in three-point shooting. Whoever wins that battle is winning the game tonight. Uh, you, you have to give the edge, I would think, emotionally. You know, With Michigan State playing in front of the home fans, it will be a charged-up atmosphere tonight, but not a game I would bet. I'll just to sit back and watch that one tonight. Josh has one more play. We'll get to that next and also talk some college basketball futures. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. I know Josh Applebaum is checking his betting splits every single day. Bookmarked, uh, Ben. You know that's it. That's on the book. I'm surprised <laughs> that's not your default homepage, in all, in all honesty there, uh, Josh. And Josh in for <laughs> Mike Pritchard today. Michael Lombardi back on the show tomorrow. I'll be with Michael uh, the rest of the week as uh, Patrick Maher gets some time off. Uh, when, we, when we look at the rest of the college basketball card, there's one other game we didn't get to from last segment. Will Hill, our guest in hour number one, he likes the total in Miami and Vatech. He's looking to the over. How are you attacking the side in this pretty important ACC matchup? So I'm going to go Virginia Tech in this one here, Ben. Now, I fully admit Miami, Florida is a team that I'm high on. You know, in the tournament, they can just shoot the ball. They have some really good guards. Uh, they're very well coached here by uh, by Laranega. And they did. Ha were, they were in this spot, I think it was last week. They went to UNC. UNC was a favorite, unranked first, uh, unranked home favorites, ranked opponent system match. And Miami crushed uh, UNC in that game. It really wasn't close. So I'm a little wary of going up against Miami, who obviously uh, was kind of the, uh, the kryptonite to this great system match the last time they played. But I think this is important to just stick to your guns and stick to a system that maybe last time let you down, but overall over, you know, a thousand games, if it's hitting, you know, 60% or more, then that's worthy of a play, especially if the current market is in your favor. So what I'm
I'm getting at here is doesn't it seem like an obvious bet here, Ben, to take Miami. Uh, they're great. They're 22 and five, number 13 in the country. Vatek is unranked. They're 16 and 11. So if Miami is again, I use this applied to college football, uh, college basketball. You get to the rankings, it can really kind of cause such a big bias in the market from the public. But just from the standpoint of doesn't this, doesn't this look like look like a layup, Ben? Doesn't this look like the easiest play in the world to take Miami? Better team, higher ranking, and they're getting two and a half. Take that all day. Hammer Miami, right? Well, again, Miami's proven that uh, that has been a good bet for them in particular. But if you look overall from a macro level, this is the angle that I love betting the fishy, disgusting, hazmatty home favorite here, Ben, because uh, you're getting about 65% of bets taking Miami tonight, looking at the obvious play, take the better team, getting the points, quote unquote, the wrong team is favored. Yet this line continues to move toward Vatech. You open as low as a minus one Virginia Tech. Now you're up to two and a half. I saw some looks even uh, ticked up to uh, three here. So if we take a step back, why are the odds makers moving the number to the unpopular Hokies when the big majority bets here on the obvious play with Miami? So again, sometimes Ben, I think it's a misconception that uh, if you kind of talk to people, uh, you know, who don't know the complete intricacies of betting, they'll say books always want 50, 50 action. Well, theoretically, that makes sense because you can just take the juice on both sides and you're guaranteed to win if you're the house. But also, if you talk to odds makers, Chris Andrews and, you know, all the guys we love at the South Point and Circa, they'll tell you they're okay with lopsided uh, kind of liability here if they feel like they're on the sharp side. So this looks like a play to me where uh, they're okay with Vatek moving the number in their favor because they've taken a position that Vatek is the sharper side. So, uh, again, number one system match here, unranked home fave, ranked opponent, 69% ATS this year. This is one of my favorite plays, Ben. It's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. I'll be drenched in sweat. I, I'll do whatever it takes to get a Hokies cover here. Uh, but I will go money line here on uh, on Virginia Tech and the most heavily bet, most kind of weird game of the night. Give me the weird side. Mike Young's team has been much better for Vatech since losing seven straight ACC games right around the start of the of the conference slate. They beat North Carolina in the opener, then lost seven straight. But you look at the role they've been in, those home games in Blacksburg against the those top 25 to 30 teams have been a really good spot for them. Beat Virginia in an upset spot in a natural rivalry game, but also had a you know, win at home over, over Duke, who's kind of in that same realm of Miami. Those two teams power rate very similarly. I, if anything, I would look at uh, Will Hill's pers perspective on the over, where neither team plays defense, both outside the top <laughs> 120 in defense. That Miami, like will a team that's been hot, will the three-point shooting travel, which has been top 15 in the country, scored 92 in the first meeting against Vatek, but at home, it's always hard to trust, especially late in these college conference slates. Those teams that rely so much on the offense who are not very good backing it up on the defensive end, when you rely on those teams to travel into hostile environments <laughs> late in conference play with their NCAA resume pretty much locked up, Miami will be in the tournament. That's where I get a little bit uh, worried on a team like Miami. So if, if anything, I would be looking at Vatek just like you. Yeah, and again, it's kind of a desperation angle where you, this is your season. Do you want to make the tournament? You, I think there's a lot of quite a few seniors there in the Hokies that uh, you're going to get up for these games. And you mentioned I was when I was kind of thinking about, it, I'm like, wasn't weren't they in the spot against a really good ranked team previously? And you're right, Ben. It was Virginia. Uh, I think might have been a weekend uh, when they uh, won that game and covered. It was another fishy, unranked home fave ranked opponent. Saturday um, game, yeah against Virginia. Yeah, sorry, because I remember that. Because I think I was at Home Depot, Ben. I'm trying to look at my phone with a fiance. <laughs> and I'm like, can I just check the score of this game? So I know uh, we've all been there and had to go had to go through that that trauma. But uh, let me throw one more at you, Ben, real quick, just because we're hitting on them all today, doing uh, trying to hit as many as we can. This is kind of a low bet game. Uh, Fresno State Air Force. It's a 9 o'clock game. Uh, it's a late night game. It's got a very low ticket count. Like, no one woke up today with all these great matchups and said, you know what, Ben? I got to bet Fresno Air Force. It's not a popular play uh, yet. 
I'm seeing some movement here toward Air Force. I'm looking at maybe Air Force on the money line. They open as low as minus one. You've been bet up now to minus two and a half. There's a lot of two and a halfs with Air Force that are juiced up like it may go to three. Uh, Ken Palm has Air Force winning by four. He's got him ranked higher. Remember, we were talking about building a case of like stats and mismatches. Uh, the offensive Air Force, 67 points a game, only 61 for Fresno. 47% from the field, only 42% for Fresno. And then home road, Air Force 10 and 7 at home, Fresno 3 and 8 on the road. So when I look at the board, Ben, I'm looking at the big heavily bet games, like where I can bet against the public and lean on contrarian and system matches. And then if I go down the board and find kind of these lower, uh, less sexy matchups here that yet are taking in line movement, tells me that pros maybe have targeted them. So uh, again, different style, different games, de depending on how popular they are. But I'm looking at Air Force here, late night. It might be a late night sweat for me on the East Coast, Ben. Let's go I, Air no, Force I, money line. I, uh, I like it. I called. I had an Air Force game last year. Haven't seen him this year. But for Joe Scott, his, his team has really improved offensively. They were the worst team in the Mountain West by a wide margin last year. They've gone from 306th in offensive efficiency to now 139th. It's a big switch from one year to the next. And Jake Heidbreeder is a guy who is a sophomore has really come along strong. They've used him a lot more and more effectively this season. Uh, a lanky guy who can extend on the perimeter, make three-pointers, but also drive inside. A really nice player who I saw last year as a developing freshman when I had the Falcons in person, but tough place to play. Clune Arena just upset New Mexico <laughs> last week, who was a top 50 team at the time in offensive efficiency. I do not mind that play at all, Josh, with, uh, with Air Force laying two and a half there now at home against Fresno State. As far as the futures market is concerned, Josh, as we sit now, there are odds that you can look at, uh, say, DraftKings and other books are offering Final Four odds, teams to just make the Final Four as opposed to winning it all, with a lot of the value kind of sucked out of, of the overall futures market. Now that we're kind of you know coming up with the teams that we are ready to trust or not trust, you know, I look at teams like Purdue and Tennessee that I'm not trusting whatsoever to make deep runs. So you could see some longer shots come out of those respective regionals. As you look at the odds to make the Final Four at DraftKings, for those of you watching us on vcin.com or YouTube TV, uh, we'll, we'll run through some of these top ones for you on the radio side uh, with Houston plus 140, Purdue, Alabama, both two to one and Kansas UCLA next at three to one. Uh, what stands out to you here, Josh, on these just to make the final four bets that are now available to wager on? So I'm glad you highlighted this, Ben, just from the standpoint of as a better, you got to know what options are available to you. Obviously, we focus on who's going to cut down the nets. You know, obviously the player of the year, which Zach Eady, I think is like minus 10,000 or some ridiculous number where he's going to take that thing home most likely. But in terms of kind of different ways to approach it again, maybe this is almost kind of a way to hedge a futures bet. Like, uh, do I think uh, this team will win it all? I don't know. I think they will be at, there at the end. Can they get me to the final four? You can kind of target this market over betting them in a different way. So obviously you got to give respect to Houston, number one team in the country, plus 140. I mean, Purdue uh, has the star player. Alabama has the incredible offense here. But I'm going to be, you know, beating a dead horse here with Kansas, Ben. They they, they annoyed me last night because I, I was on TCU. Uh, but in a way, I'm like, man, I'm feeling better about my Kansas plus 1,200 bet to cut down the nets. If you're getting 300 uh, plus 300 to make the final four, that could be worth it. Again, my angle for Kansas would be they don't have the best odds, but they have a uh, great coach. They have a couple star players here that you can lean on with Grady Dick and Jalen Wilson. Uh, and you're in the best conference here where, you, where you've been battle tested in these really tough, hard strength of schedule matchups in the Big 12 all year long. So I'm still on Kansas in this spot, uh, plus 1,200, Ben. Uh, but again, being able to kind of target different markets and look at these teams to make the final four could be a way to bet versus just, hey, who has to win it all for you? No question. Uh, St. Mary's is the team that still stands out to me that's seven to one, the same odds as Gonzaga. St. <laughs> Mary's is pretty clearly a better team than Gonzaga. If you're Powering the two teams out of the West Coast Conference. Like they haven't made a Sweet 16 since Omar Samhan back in 2010. 
uh, <laughs> Josh when when they uh, when they race their way into into the Sweet 16. But the the defense has been exceptional for head coach Randy Bennett. Something Gonzaga doesn't have at all. I mean, Gonzaga's playing no defense this year outside the top 80 in overall defensive efficiency. So if you get St. Mary's, who's likely going to be a four or a five seed. They were five seed last year, beat Indiana before losing to UCLA, who ended up making uh, that deep run a season ago. But St. Mary's is a team. If, if you get them in a draw with a, a Purdue, I, they, they match up really, really well. Two teams that play at a very slow tempo. I, I just trust the veteran experience, one of the oldest teams in the country for St. Mary's to get past a matchup like that. Or, or if you're in a Tennessee bracket as well. So a lot of it comes down to, okay, where, which regions do you view those teams getting into? That's why it's a risk, obviously. But St. Mary's is the team I'd be looking at right now who, with the right draw, has a legit case to be in the Final Four. Makes a ton of sense, Ben. I'll just throw out you UConn. Ken Palm has them as the sixth best, best team in the country. They're plus 450. But again, we got to know who's in these brackets. You'll have tough uh, roads. You'll have easier roads. But again, good market to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'd say it's probably it's worth waiting on for a team a little bit further down the board. It, the number's not going to change all that much. It might drop a little bit, but not a ton if you want to bet them to make the Final Four. We close the show next. Talk some NHL play, plays from Josh on the other side. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v with Ben Wilson and Mike Pritchard. Attention BetMGM customers, have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. We are back for the final time on the Lombardi line. Thanks again to Josh Applebaum. You've been, uh, you've been awesome, Josh, here over the past <laughs> week or so. Uh, in for Mike Pritchard today. Michael Lombardi returns tomorrow. Uh, and you cover everything. We have the NHL, which is an interesting <laughs> card tonight. There's a lot of big, big chalk on the board. How do you try to approach nights like these when you look up and down the card and you're seeing minus $5 favorites, $4, $3 favorites, only a couple games that are under that even $1.75 threshold uh, today? How are you approaching nights like these? Yeah, so I think you take it day by day, Ben, because again, when you go into a sports betting day saying like, hey, I want to bet a lot of NHL today, or I want to bet on a lot of college troops, or I want to bet a lot of totals or this and that, I think you're already putting yourself beyond the eight ball. You never want to go into a day saying, I want to bet this or want to bet that. Like, take a step back check your bias at the door. And just if you're a market driven better like me, look at where the market is, how it's moving, and then let that speak to you and tell you where to go. So a whole point being like, I was excited to bet some hockey today because I was annoyed. The Rangers let me down last night, Ben, and the Penguins let me down Mm. last night. So anytime when you don't uh, cash bets in a particular sport, you kind of wake up the next day saying, Hey, let's get back on track. Let's get some revenge. Let's get back into, you know, to our winning ways here. 
But here, the other thing is you don't want to force it. So, like, when I look at the board today, to me, all the value is college basketball. Like, I, I'm thinking, and I'll have the Market Insights pod probably like an hour from now, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of college hoops plays. I'm looking at like seven or eight college basketball plays because the board is just speaking to me. I got a lot of system matches. I got a lot of good line moves, good low bets, higher dollar bet discrepancies. That's where the majority of my bankroll will be tonight, college basketball. I go to the NHL, and great point by you, Ben. These prices are ridiculous. If you look at some of these numbers here, uh, Edmonton's minus 300 against Philly. You have Tampa Bay, like minus 530, minus 540 at home against Anaheim. Will they win? Most likely. But if you look at a lot of the data on going, like to me, that money line price is just so high that it, it's not even bettable. It's like Victor Wenbanyama, Ben, going one overall. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to happen, but there's really no value as a better to get down on that number. So, yes, you can look at puck lines. You know, we're looking at other lines here. Carolina is like minus 350 at home against St. Louis. To me, when you look at these big ones, it's kind of a no bet for me. Like, I'm looking at the board and do I want to take a shot on a dog to, you know, shock the world and cash a plus, you know, 250? Not really, but I also don't want to bet the favorite. I'm not too intrigued by the puck line. So, long story short, I went in today saying, to today saying, I want to bet some hockey today. But as I look at the board, not much is jumping out to me. The only ones that kind of caught my eye, just from a data driven standpoint, the Philly Edmonton total is seven. It opened at seven and you never get sevens in hockey. Really. It used to be a lot of five and a halfs, you know, more scoring kind of like the NBA. You get a lot of six and a halfs now, but it's seven under minus minus one twenty-five for Philly and Edmonton. If this is a five, one game, you know, again, on a huge number for Edmonton, it's juiced up under. And it's very rare again with a seven. If you have a seven total or more, the under is 11 and four this year. So it's 73%. If you look at the last five years, it's 64%. So that kind of intrigues me, even though I'm not a big totals guy, just because an empty netter can kill you here, and that's kind of tough to sweat. The only one that's kind of in my range is Toronto Maple Leafs. I might add the Leafs. They're on the road at, at Buffalo. They just brought in Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari. So hopefully my Bruins will make a move here to, to compete, Ben. Uh, but they open minus 160. I'm seeing the Leafs get up to around minus 170. I got some uh, system matches on the Leafs. Rested road favorites, uh, road favorites versus non-playoff teams. That's one that at minus 170 is much more palatable than, again, a huge puck line price or a ridiculous minus 500 on Tampa tonight. You're not a big puck line guy, but the one direction I would look tonight, Vegas Golden Knights on the road against Chicago, where you have all the rumors swirling about Patrick Kane, the longtime Blackhawks star expected to be traded before the deadline. Vegas is actually rumored to be one of the teams who could be a landing spot after Mark Stone's injury. Uh, Vegas, though, has been hot ever since all-star goalie Logan Thompson went down with injury uh, in a win a couple weeks ago at Minnesota. Vegas has won five straight, four straight since the Thompson injury with backup goalie Aiden Hill playing really good hockey in that fight for the Pacific Division, which is really, really tight. I mean, the Knights, Kings, and Kraken are all within a few points of that top spot for the Pacific Division. So with a head coach in Bruce Cassidy, you're very familiar with, uh, Josh, as a Boston guy, <laughs> Vegas playing very good hockey right now. They go to Chicago uh, where the Hawks have won two straight games but have certainly been in full sell mode, the last place team in the Central. You get Vegas right now on puck line about minus 110, 115. There's worse value to be had than that. I'd look when you you compare the two teams, even with a backup goalie in an extended run for Vegas who have been in very, very good form as of late. So that does make sense to me, Ben. Good point by you. You have one team, Vegas, who's playing great. Maybe they're on the verge of acquiring a couple guys to help them with the playoff race. Again, Chicago, pretty much in tank mode, looking to trade a lot of these guys. But when I look at Chicago, it's kind of crazy. And this is why NHL, to me, Ben, like last year I had a really good year because I had a lot of chalk systems and chalk had like, I think it was like 65, 66%. It was just favorites in hockey were great. 
now the favorites are down to, I think, like 61%, 60%, something like that. So you've seen a dog's bark much louder this year. And I'm with you. The play to me would be looking at the puck line Vegas. But my only kind of wary thing here is Chicago, their last two games, Ben, against Ottawa, they won. They were plus 220. They beat Toronto. They were plus 250. So, again, it's hard to think Lightning will strike three times in a row and you'll win three straight bets as a plus 200 dog. Uh, but again, to me, this is why it complicates NHL. So maybe it's just a, maybe I'm just a big college hoops game guy, guy tonight, Ben. Yeah, I might yeah. just be all college hoops. And again, the more I look at this board, I just NHL, nothing, nothing really grabs me today. It's interesting how too, on the division markets, VGK plus 160 right now, the Kraken are three to one. The Kings are only a point back or <laughs> plus 380, three, you know, really two of those three teams, Kings and Kraken have superseded expectations this year while the VGK, after missing the playoffs for the first time in franchise history, missed out last year. Th those odds are very, very interesting. Where you've, You still have three teams. Even the Oilers are a plus 380 price who are about five points back. Have the talent to make a run. Will they have the consistency? That's the other question. So interesting, not only that division, but in the Central, where the Stars have a pretty good lead on the Avalanche. Stars are still plus 115. We're still waiting on the on the Avs, Josh, to kick it into full gear, the defending cup <laughs> champions. Now they're plus 170 to win the division. It, it doesn't feel like a team that is going to come back and actually win that division. Uh, updating the standings right now, you have, at, at least at this point, Avalanche are you know, five games back where uh, this, the Stars have been down a little bit, have lost four straight games. But uh, it's a team like the Avs. It kind of feels like they're rearing up for a playoff push once we actually get to the postseason. So some interesting numbers when you got plus prices all over the board right now, still with about 25 games left in the NHL slate. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Ben. The thing about the Avalanche is it's kind of crazy. The Bruins are, of course, the favorite to win the Cup. They're still on pace, Ben, trying to chase the Montreal Canadiens for uh, the best single season ever. And again, what will they do with the trade deadline? That's something you got to keep in the back of your head for all these futures that you're going to bet on. But what's notable to me is Colorado is plus 650 to win the Cup. They have the second best odds tied with Carolina. Now, I'm pretty high in Carolina. I think the Bruins always have a tough time with Carolina. Really well-coached team by Brindamore. You know, bringing in Brent Burns. They got a lot of great forwards. Maybe they'll make a move at the deadline as well. But it's just the avalanche. It just shows you that the respect that they still garner in the market, even though they're kind of having a down year, they still have had a lot of injuries. Uh, you change goalies. You're waiting on Landeskog to come back. Kale McCarr's been banged up. So it's just kind of interesting to me that even though the abs don't look even close to the powerhouse that they were last year, they still have the second best odds. That tells you the respect the books have, uh, obviously, for their talent. And if they are able to, it's almost like the Warriors, Ben. Like the Warriors, mm -hmm. I know their futures in the NBA have tailed off a bit here. But if they can just get into the playoffs and then their star power takes over, something to keep an eye out for. But uh, again, pre-trade pre deadline, post-trade deadline, you're going to see a big shift in the market based on some of these big names. Oilers, Ben, can they get Eric Carlson? That would be a big uh, coup for them if they can add him to the blue line with all their great offensive forwards. I expect a lot of, uh, of names and trades to come. We have the deadline. It is a week from Friday, so we're starting to get close. March 3rd, uh, <laughs> 3 p.m. Eastern is the trade deadline in the NHL. As we close the show, I, I promised Josh I would give out a college baseball future. Let's hear it. Uh, I'm after, waiting all show, Ben. Give it to me. It was a very good college baseball year last year. I did make a play on TCU, the Horned Frogs, to win it all. At 40 to 1, I, I had the, the big tournament at Globe Life in Arlington over the weekend where all the top teams in the country were there, uh, at least most of them outside of LSU who, and Tennessee, who were two of the preseason favorites. But TCU impressed me more than anybody, put up 29 combined runs against Arkansas and Vanderbilt, two teams who are perennial powerhouses who are both top 10 in the preseason poll. That TCU was a team that circa right behind me was hanging at 60 to 1. A lot of books are starting to quickly drop the Horned Frogs. I got them at 40 to 1 once I got back to Vegas, but DraftKings has them now down to 25 to 1. There are some books that you can still find uh, pretty long numbers, but it's arguably the best offense in the country, at least earlier in, early in the season with the 
best third base prospect in baseball, Braden Taylor, anchoring that lineup uh, for head coach Kirk Sarlos. And he's a former big league pitcher, so you trust that the pitching will come around and develop for TCU. They are going to be in the mix. 40 to 1 number for a team that I feel really good to at least get to a super regional. That's a, a number I was happy to take there, Josh. That's my first college baseball future of the year. Well, Ben, you know what? A, a fellow better needs, never leaves another better hanging. I'm going to go tell you, man. Let's go 40 to go. 1. You proved to me last year with your college basketball plays. I knew you were sharp, Ben, of course, but man, you showed me a lot. So let, let's get decent. Can we get bet splits there? Can I get in the game here for college basketball? Uh, great, not, great couple not days, so, Ben. Great yeah, work not, with you. not many college baseball splits. That's why it's a good market to take advantage of. <laughs> uh, yes, always a pleasure being with Josh Applebaum. Catches VEASAN Morning Daily Bets and Market Insights podcast as well. I'm Ben Wilson saying so long. Up next, VEASAN Big Bets. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.